another day. All right, let's ride. talk to you about some nasty shit but it is what it is i gotta give it to you the way it's brought to me first thing i'm gonna talk about is your boy robert nasty man kelly may bond after all the shit people would have been through dealing with this motherfucker all the things in the news and the whole documentary some poor woman found time to bail this man out or at least she was the person who brought the money to get this man bailed out and she don't want to say who. I don't understand us. It's like we got, I think it's called Munchausen Syndrome. Where we, we love the person that we, that um, that we, is attacking us or that is harming us. It's either Munchausen Syndrome or Stockholm Syndrome. Where we come to love the person that's fucking us up. That's what it is as a collective. Is that what it is? Is that what's going on? Because I, I can't explain this. I really can't. And another thing I saw, maybe they had it wrong. His net worth, when I looked him up the last time, went from $1 million to $10 million. What's really going on? Then I see he has something new out on Spotify. Spotify, why? Why? Why would you give this man the platform to make money off of your streaming service? I don't get it. I wouldn't want to be connected to this guy in any way. At all. And connected to him possibly same level piece of shit longtime manager don russell was quoted as saying he videotaped the sex act to prove consent that's how far you've gone in life that's how far that you've been fucking up you've gone down the wrong rabbit hole so to speak so many times that you that you have to record your interactions with people at moments that should be private. Now, I believe it's probably a lie given the history that was given to us by the individuals or victims he was involved with. I believe it's a lie. I believe he was back up to his old shit. He's been doing it for 20 years. What do you expect? He's a criminal. And here we go again, black people bailing this motherfucker out of jail. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it's also that one thing, it's like, you know what? When it happens to somebody you close to, that's when people will realize this shit. And believe it or not, from the numbers being thrown out there, it's more common than you think. It probably has happened to somebody you know. They just haven't said anything to you yet. And then what? what's the incentive for them to say something? Somebody that's a monster gets chance after chance. They're not going to go to jail. What punishment are they receiving? What message does it send? To anybody else involved in this shit, if you got a little bit of money, if you can finagle it so that you look like an innocent person your whole time, you won't deal with this shit. You'll go free. You'll have no consequences, no repercussions, no nothing. What message does this send to, to the victims? And also to the perpetrators, shit. I can get away with this shit. If enough people say I'm a good person, 
I can get away with this. They just caught this other motherfucker, um, a Vatican treasurer, George Pell, convicted of abusing 13-year-old boys, five of them. This is at the Vatican. This is somebody connected to possibly the biggest religious institution in the world. To the Vatican. I don't know if you guys know, but the Vatican is its own sovereign state. It's not a part of It's in Italy. But it's its own sovereign thing. And they got shit on lock there for the most part. And then here come this motherfucker doing what they've been known to do. It's like the one of the biggest open secrets in human history is that there's a lot of sexual abuse going down in these places. You got people that aren't allowed to be married. They have people they have a captive audience in the boy in the boys and whoever else is whoever else is there. And then they have their their stature or their standing in the society there and their titles that's going to protect and insulate them. If you see this man's age, this ain't new. He's been doing this. He's been doing this. So my question is, when when does it stop? And my answer is, it wasn't, it won't until we stop fucking up, until we start holding people fucking accountable. We, as a society, globally, have failed when it comes to this shit. We failed everybody. All the victims failed by society because we choose to take the word of the perpetrators. And I understand that, and I've said it before, that there's victims that don't tell the truth all the time. That is true. And we failed in holding them accountable as well. That's going to be a common theme on this one here, is our failure to hold people accountable for shit. It's going to be a real common theme. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide right into the other thing I want to talk to you guys about. The past few weeks, past couple months maybe, you've heard me, if you've been listening, talk about my hometown, Jacksonville, Florida, where I do not currently live. And I keep asking, as I keep getting these alerts and messages and seeing that people are getting shot and killing each other on a regular basis down there, I'm like, man, what the fuck is going on? What is happening to what? Till we get to the state that it's that bad, is a lack of police. Is it too many guns on the street? I ask myself, what happened to the culture of my city where life just ain't worth shit? And I really had to look at it, and it's our fault. We failed y'all. Every generation before the one, the current generation now in that city. I can't speak for nowhere else. I ain't from nowhere else. I lived around a few places, but I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And even though I'm not living there right now, I can say we fucking failed y'all. My generation, the generation directly behind me, the youngest that's there now, we failed y'all. And everybody fucking before me, we failed y'all. Because we made that street shit cool. We, we, we bent to the vibe of the street shit. Even if you weren't, if you were directly involved, if you were adjacent to it, if you were a fan of it, you contributed to the bullshit. Because one thing I know, and one thing a lot of people try to deny, when you out there doing shit, they watching you. 
these kids are fucking watching you. You don't think so. You don't believe it. You don't realize how much sway you have over people until you get older. Until you get older, you won't realize it. Or until you have kids, they're watching you. Because you can feel like you're the average Joe. Whether you're on the block or whether you're with the person that you feel like is a motherfucking man. Just in your group. These kids are watching you. And especially if you're somebody that can move around a certain way and you got sway. And people tend to acquiesce to you and tend to follow after you. They watching you. And you're the coolest motherfucker on the block. Even if you out there faking the funk, trying to be something you know you're not, these kids watching you. And you making that shit seem cool. I know because I got big homies. And I ain't saying this everybody. My big homies taught me better. Shit, my peers told me better. When I was like, yo, let me let me get let me cop from you and let me hit the streets. And they was like, nah, fam, you working. You got a good thing going. You don't want no part of this life. Keep doing what you're doing. And when they told me that, I low-key felt like I was almost a little bit insulted. Like, you think I can't handle this shit? I can't do what you're doing? But they knew because they were actually involved. And I'm in a car with them, going everywhere with them. You know what I'm saying? But there's times I'm not there. When they make certain moves, like, hey, I got to go meet whoop de whoop and stay here. We're going to go holler at cuz and I'm going to come back and we're going we gonna to continue to push on. But they kept me out of shit. And years down the line, it pays off for me because my record is clean. I have no involvement in certain activities. And even though they were, you know, I ain't going to say they was like, I'm not even going to tell a lot like they out here doing crazy amounts of shit. It was just, you know, High school, teenage, a little bit after high school, shit they was doing, whatever, cool. They kept me away from it. They was like, nah, bro, do what you got going on. That's better for you. I had enough respect for them to listen to that. I had enough respect for how I knew they came up and what they have done or were willing to do that I had to listen. I had to recognize that a motherfucker cared enough about me and the situation he knew I had and respected me enough to say, you know what, bro? Don't compromise what you got cracked. Keep going on your path. And I don't think that's happening enough because now the real the real ones out there got to compete with so much. Like my big homies didn't have to compete with Worldstar and whatever the fuck else is on the internet that's making this goofy shit look cool. They didn't have to compete with it. But still, somehow, I saw them. I saw what they was doing. And I wanted to be around them. Why lie? Like, I wanted to be around when they was out here doing this wild shit or making whatever move they was making. I was a part of it. I contributed directly by just somebody seeing me with somebody. I contributed to it. And I, I'll explain it like this. If you're from Jacksonville, Florida, or you're from the South anywhere, you know when I say, hey, Homeboy was in the, one of them dope boy cars. You'll understand what I'm saying. A vehicle typically had by an individual who may or may not been in the drug game. Or even close to it. Like I wanted a box Chevy with 20s on it. And I've been in box Chevys with 20s on it. Other type of cars with rims on it. Usually had by the drug dealers. And just by a motherfucker seeing me 
jump in and out of a vehicle like that. They looking like, damn, when I get to the spot where I can be me, I want to be that. Because the shit look cool to them. But then what comes with that is like, you have to know how to interact with people and there's going to be conflict and people are going to clash because everybody want their respect. Everybody want their respect. But we didn't tell motherfuckers like, hey, you know what you could do is leave that shit alone and go on about your business. I know I didn't say that. I'll take 100% accountability. I didn't say that. Like, oh, it's a problem? Call me. Let's get it. Let's go. Come get me. I'm ready. For, I'm with the shit. Come get me. I didn't tell them, hey, bro, whether it be a peer or somebody younger than me, hey, your shit's going to pass. It's another black person. The last thing we need to do is be out here harming each other. Let's move away from this shit. Let's get away from this shit. Let's save some money. Let's not worry about the stupidity. Let's go forward in life and do something for our community. Nope. Wasn't there yet. Mentally, that jewel had not been dropped into my brain yet. But people before me had fucked up. And people before them had fucked up. And that, that jewel never got to them. Until they were later on in life. To where me at 36 trying to talk to a 15 year old. It might not, it might not resonate. But if you 18, 17, even 19, you telling them, hey, bro, this ain't it. This ain't what you need to be doing. Ask them to think about a couple years ahead. We're at the point now where we got to stop making excuses and shit. And start making people understand that there's opportunity out here beyond that shit. Because I don't know what else it could be like. Why are people getting shot at such a high level if it doesn't have to do with street shit? What else could it be? You ain't getting shot over basketball. Well, you might be getting shot over basketball games according to the news I just saw. But still, it was like, there's nobody there to mitigate that situation. Like, hey, hold on, bro. It's going a little bit too far. Let's shut it down. Let's be, let's separate. Let's go be elsewhere. And that's why I don't do a lot of things now. Like, I don't play ball with people I don't know. I don't go nowhere with people I don't know. Because situations like that, are just they just happen. Unfortunately. But I, but we, could have been the one to sit a one or two down. Like, hey, bro, before you go make this move and engage in this shit that's going to create conflict, think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing because you never know how long somebody's going to hold a grudge. You may have whooped his ass when y'all was 17, but you may cross paths with him when he's 25 with a gun. And if he ain't let that shit go, and if he's not on a different a different level to where he can see it as just kid shit, he might have something for you. But we don't think past that. And that's what we got to understand because this beef shit there's no expiration on beef. I don't give a damn who you are. There's no expiration on beef. There's a couple motherfuckers, if I saw them, I'd probably punch them in the face. Still. And I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong about that. But it's like I would have to control myself, and I have, believe me, I have, and act accordingly 
in order to move forward for the betterment of my community. I had an issue with, and not to put too much of my personal life, I had an issue with one of my best friend's brothers. He said some shit that I didn't appreciate about his own family. I spoke up about it. He said what he said. I said what I said. And at the point I was at, I was like, okay, well, when we see each other, we can have a conversation. Luckily, I came back home. We were in the same vicinity. And my homeboys was kind of like, hey, man, don't be fucking stupid. Simple as that. But it's something we have to work on as people. Because I'm so tired of this shit of hearing about people I don't even know. And that shit hurt my feelings. Like, I don't know these people that's back home dying. No clue who they are. But it's just, damn it, it hurts my feelings that my city is out there doing that shit. This ain't back in the day when you were a young knucklehead and you think the murder rate is cool. You think it gives your city some stripes. No, motherfucker. That means lack of opportunity when you hear murder capital. People don't want to come there. People don't want to be there and start businesses. You tell people that you're from a certain place like that and they look at you a certain way. Oh, you from New Orleans? Ooh, shit. All y'all do is kill out there. Oh, you from Detroit? God damn, you from Chicago? You from L.A.? Are you in the game? People judge you off gate. That's not how I want people to think about our city. Like, oh, you from Duval? You from Jacksonville? Man, those Jaguars, sorry as fuck. I'll take that all day long. Go, oh, man, these people, it's dangerous out there. I don't want people to feel that way. We got to get past this shit. That shit's, that's, that's not an upvote. If I speak to the internet folks, it's not a like, it's not a retweet, it's not a little heart. That's bullshit. Because the same city they talking about with the murder rate and all that shit, that could be you one day. You could be a part of that murder rate, depending on the circles you hang in or wherever you're at. People getting shot at the south side, down on the north side, on the west side, everywhere. Arlington, where I'm from, people getting murdered everywhere. And it's going to be white flight out that motherfucker. It can still happen. They're going to push on out. Because people are already moving. Don't get it fucked up. White flight is already happening in Arlington, if you don't know. People are moving the fuck away from the area and going further out. Southside Boulevard. Pushing on out to Ponte Vigia. To the beach and shit. Just other little places. Yuli. Motherfuckers is moving. And then what's going to happen is gentrification is going to kick in. Because they've been trying to do this shit on the north side for the longest. So they're going to let that neighborhood go to shit. Somebody's going to come in there and buy up all the property value. They're going to drop a Starbucks in that bitch. And guess what's going to happen? The price is going to start to go up and people are going to have to move. Think about what you're doing, man. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I'm. this is my me having some accountability for whatever I contributed to people being out there doing stupid shit. For every time somebody's finna throw hands or some shit and I'm like, I got your back. Instead of pulling somebody aside, being like, hey, um, let's rethink this. What's what's the big reason why this is happening? And it's not even on the trust me, I'm far from a sucker, regardless of what a motherfucker might tell you. I'm far from one of those. And I'm far from a gangster. One hundred percent. I'm just a I'm just a man. I got principles. And I got a set of morals I abide by. That's it, that's all. 
I'm nobody sucker. I'm nobody bitch. But the violence and shit got to stop. Because that comment turns to a smack. Smack turns to a push. Push turns to a punch. Punch turns to a stab wound. Stab wound turns to a gunshot. And next thing you know, you got people getting shot up all over the goddamn city. Over little shit. Little shit. And I'm not perfect, and I'm not expecting nobody to be either. I know what it feels like to know somebody you care about was killed. And I'm not, I'm not promising how I would react in that situation. But I'm just saying, please, right or wrong, if you back home, start talking to these folks, man. You see these kids, talk to them. Don't let them just walk by. Talk to them. Speak to them. Help them out. If you see they about to go do some ignorant shit, and you know, you know the mood. You know the vibes, as we say now. You know what's going on. You know when somebody turned up. Not that weak ass meaning they had for the, for the fucking party. When I heard, when I first heard turned up, that meant somebody was about to go do something to somebody. That meant somebody, as we say in Duval, was like 38 hot. Something's about to happen. Talk to these kids, man. They out here fucked up. And they just might listen to you. You may get one of them. We need somebody to be Cuba Gooden Jr. Get the fuck out the car. Get out the car. Be Collagenal from Bronxdale. Get out the car. If you're not going to be Collagenal, be Sonny who went and got him and got him out the fucking car. Shit got to stop. Ain't mean to ramble, but goddamn, man. Just... It's like I wish I was home so I could do something about it, but circumstances prevent me from living there. But I will be back to visit. We'll move on to something a little less, um, a little less, uh, <laughs> loaded. Actually, no, it's, we gonna, we gonna keep on the bullshit. Um, I saw something recently, I don't know if it was an episode of ID or... The, the remix to America's Most Wanted, like In Pursuit, I think John Walsh and his son do it. And it had something on there was a man was interacting with a woman. He had dated her. Shit went wrong. We started hollering at her, beat her up, I think, once or twice. Long story short, it ended up killing her. And then I saw something else. It had a man arguing with a woman. Men. No, women. Women. It's in your best interest. Not to argue with a man outside of your household, outside of your family, outside of your marriage. Don't argue with no man. Whether he's right, whether he's wrong, don't argue with him. Walk away. That's argument for your father, for your husband, for your brother, for your cousins. It's a disagreement. Have it. Walk the fuck away. A debate. Sure. Peaceful debate. Trying to get through a disagreement? Okay. Voices get raised. People get animated. Move the fuck along. Man. A real man has no business full-fledged arguing with a woman that is not his wife or a member of his family. That's it. That's it. It's easy. A man has no business arguing with somebody else's family member. For sure. I understand there's disagreements. You want to be spicy in the Facebook comments? Okay. Cool. But full-blown arguing with a woman? 
a man has no business doing that shit. Because one, usually women are better with words. You're not going to win that shit. For one. Two, you're just wrong. What do you get out of that? Hollering over a woman? That's, that's, not a, that's not the code, man. Walk away. Let it go. Let it the fuck go. I can't remember what I saw, but I know it made me think about that. And I just felt like I had to say that. Like, don't argue with women. Move on. Move on. Move on. Also, this week, I want to say it was Monday. Michael Cohen got up there. He was a former lawyer for like for 10 years, I want to say, about a decade for the current commander-in-chief of 45. He got up there, and he basically sung his song. He sung his song for a few hours, <laughs> and I believe he's going to testify again. And it's like, man, the ability people have to make a situation fit their narrative should shock me or shouldn't shock me. And it hasn't because I've been seeing it since I've been paying attention to who's ever been president. I want to say about Bush is when I started paying attention to whoever was the president was and how people felt about the president. Now, with the current president we have, the way, and I'm not even talking about politically. I'm not even talking about media. I'll get to them in a second. The way people are willing to compromise their integrity to support somebody who they feel embodies their beliefs, their core beliefs that I'm not even sure they have should be shocking but it's not it's just disappointing it'd be the people you know see every day and it's just like man i've been talking to you you've been talking to me you've been making perfect sense all throughout the day until you get to talking about this person then it's this person's an idiot this person's stupid this person blah 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 but when the man who was next to the man for a decade gets up there and starts singing and starts singing like a bird saying oh yeah X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. All of a sudden, this guy's a rat. All of a sudden, he's a piece of shit. All of a sudden, this is the worst person in the world. Who do you work for? That's what I'm trying to understand. Like, now it's him. Now he's the bad guy. I think he's a bad guy. But you thought he was a good guy. You thought the guy, or you think the guy he works for, is a good guy. You'll make every excuse in the book for him. But then you look at the track record. All these people going to jail. All these motherfuckers getting fired. He hired. He hired every last one of them. So if everybody around this motherfucker is a bad person or has poor judgment, what does it say about the motherfucker that hired him? The person who, who, who paid him for 10 years. To work for him. What does it say about that person? But you can completely write that off and be like, oh no, it's not. No, no, no. It is that. It is that. This is the man telling you, I did it for him. Yeah, that guy. And it, it's so disappointing 
It's so disappointing to see it happen over and over and over again. It's like, oh, no, but it's just that third. To watch people just bend the narrative about it. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, this person's stupid. This person's an idiot. And they motherfucking hate AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they hate her with a passion. Boy, they don't hate the way she looks, though. And she's going to be and continue to be a fucking star unless she really fucks up. Because they love the way she looks. And they can put her on TV and they can talk shit about it. Because now, AOC is a big buzzword just like Trump. As soon as you see that shit, she's going to be the next Notorious after uh, Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg. She's soon going to be the Notorious AOC if she ain't already. And I'm watching this shit, and then as soon as I'm, I get to stand somewhere where I can watch this Cohen uh, testimony, who pops up on the screen? Old girl. And she gets to asking this motherfucker about, hey, when the president was doing X, Y, Z with his, with his assets and his properties, whatever, his businesses, did he downplay the amount they were worth for tax purposes? In a nutshell, Cohen said yes. Then she pimped him and basically had him admit that, hey, she was like, well, would it benefit if we saw his taxes? Cohen said yes. And at that point, I was like, man, it might be over for homie as far as uh, his position right now. I really don't think they're going to impeach him. I think there'll be some type of deal struck at some point, if anything, to get him out of there. I don't think he's going to be impeached until they, they are bulletproof on what they can do. But if they do like I think they're going to do, in order to get to him, they're going to make somebody else suffer. Just like what they're doing to Cohen. They're going to make people around you suffer, and you're going to start to sing. It's what they do. Ask Takashi. It's what they're going to do. And just watching them two on screen, it's like, man... You got this person who was once beloved by this by this side of the house, and this person who's who's becoming beloved by this by this side, and also hated by the other side. And Cohen's there, just being hated by everybody right now. Cause you're not, oh no, 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 you're not cool now that it's you singing. You still stood next to me for X amount of years, and you stand too close to shit, you're gonna start to stink. Same thing. It goes both ways. Because if the press feels that way about him, well, guess what? You still buy him from 10 years. Now he's fucked up. Now he's starting to stink. Well, now you're starting to stink because he was a pile of shit. And the same thing goes for him. Because the thing about it is, nobody knew this guy's name. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. Nobody knew about him Cohen. Not, not on a regular basis. Not on the, as a household name. Nobody knew about this guy. He stood next to homeboy. Got some shit. Household name. Just like that. Same thing go for the rest of them. General Kelly, all of them. Jail. Manafort, jail. Papadopoulos, jail. Who else? Sam Rakuchi better be glad he got out when he did. Homeboy did him a favor. Amorosa, fired. It's wild. But they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep on doing it. And then... Another reason why I don't see this man, why well, I said he may stay there, he may not, it would make perfect sense to me if he was reelected. 
not political sense, but economic sense, because everything drives back to money. And he's making people a shit ton of money. I talk about ad space and revenue. I'm not smart. I'm smart enough to know I'm not very smart. But I do understand somewhat how marketing works. You have a TV show that pulls in a lot of viewers. Advertisers want their product on that TV show when you got commercial slots. Now, as the, the ratings rise, I'm pretty sure you may be able to charge more for those spots. Because the more people watch that show, the more time they'll see your commercial. The more time your commercial's on, you usually boost the amount of money people spend on your product. So it makes sense to me. And that's what keeps these companies going, these networks going. So if you think back into the right before the election, when they did all the Republican debates on CNN, mind you, on CNN, our current president, the least experienced of every politician who, who tried to get this job, the least experienced of every politician, but the most popular person by far who ran for office on that side of the house, was positioned every time to be close to the middle of the TV screen. When they had more people, he was off to the center a little bit, not right there. But as as uh, debates progressed, and it was less and less people, he was always close to the middle. Every last time. And if I'm wrong, he may have been off to the side for maybe one or two other debates. But as the debate, as the field shrank, he was pushed closer and closer and closer to the middle until he was smack dab in the middle. And everybody over there, who else was running or a part of the debate, had to acquiesce to him because he became a target. He became a target. He became the whipping boy, so they thought. But when you got people speaking policy, and people, normal people don't normally pay attention to policy. We don't read it. We don't listen to it. We don't write it. It's not as relatable to somebody using a bunch of four-letter words, three-letter words, over and over again in succession that we can easily memorize. That's why slogans work. That's why you get drain the swamp, make America great again, lock her up. Three, four-word slogans that stick in your brain that you don't forget. They get burned into your brain the more people say them. And you get this huge public figure who's already been a celebrity 20-plus years and he just gets closer and closer into the middle. And then these politicians have to talk over each other just to get to him because he's getting all the attention. This happened on fucking CNN. They made him a bigger star than he was. And they definitely benefit as a company from him being president. So when I say it all goes back to the money, there you go. I'm not even talking about legislation. I'm not even talking about policy that's going to be put in place to make people money. Because that's what this guy does. He goes out to make money. So his presence in that White House is benefiting people. That's why I always say, if you look at, well, who's going to build the wall? Who's going to get the contract for the wall? And I think it got he exhausted it so much to where he couldn't get the wall built. So now he's talking about, hey, we're going to use an emergency. We're going to call an emergency national security, safety, whatever, and now we're going to build the wall. Speaking of which, four Republicans voted, are going to vote against that. Maybe they ain't getting paid enough. I don't know. But this is just some of the shit I'm talking about. You got to pay attention to things. You got to pay attention. And I just, 
like as I as I grow and I talked about the violence within my city earlier is just we got to pay attention to what we do and the things that are having an effect on us because people in certain areas don't pay attention to this shit and then these laws get made that end up affecting you where you live and I think a, a lot of it is because that we like man I ain't going to pay attention to that shit it's not going to affect me it's not going to affect my day to day life it is. You just don't realize it yet. These laws that don't get changed because we don't vote on the local level, that's what happens. You don't vote locally because you look at that national election the same way you do the local one. That's exactly what it is because we, we have a, a, a mentality. Of we're basically, like, I want to say financially illiterate, financially ignorant. A lot of us, a lot of working class people, I won't just say black people, check the check, baby, Nike. That's what we do. It's a survive versus thrive mentality. And we gotta start focusing on thriving. And that's how that's why I look at it. I say we failed each other. We failed each other. If you pay attention to, to Killer Mike when he had that uh, trigger warning show and he had the, the, the Crips in, in, in Georgia come up with Cripple Cola, what he's saying to you is basically what I'm saying now. And this is why I think he's brilliant. Yeah, you can sell drugs, that's cool. But with the amount of hustle, and experience and the grind and the motivation you got to own shit to get money on your own take some time go through the process legally and let's and let's get it flipped and make it legal money that way you can pursue what you want off of legal bread pay your taxes cool you still paying taxes to the street if you ain't doing it with money you damn sure doing it with time the time you've got to spend avoiding the police avoiding beefing with other people because of what y'all doing in the street you still paying the tax, whether it's your time or your money. So you got to kind of think about it that way. It, I'm hoping what I'm saying is making sense. But everything costs. At time, you can't get back. It's a mentality thing. We fail. My bad. Anytime I stood next to a drug dealer or told somebody that what they were doing was okay, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I was reinforcing the negative behavior. Not because I think it's morally wrong to buy somebody, hey man, um, listen. Sell them, if you sell them this and they take it, it's bad for their health, it's wrong on you. No, that's just that's the decision they made. That's wrong on them. I've never seen a drug dealer force something in somebody in my life. Looking back now, my morals have changed to the point where I feel like I was pushing them to do something or enabling them to do something that was legally wrong. It could have compromised them in the long run. Yeah, it's cool for you to sell this little bag of weed right now. But what, what happens when this becomes a habit and you're used to making your money this way and 10 years down the line, you got a brick and that brick gets you fucked up and you in jail. But I could have been like, you know what, man, this shit is stupid. Let's go hoop. But I was right there with you when you did wrong. Even though I didn't do it, I didn't talk you out of it. We failed. Even dumb shit like glorifying the hood. We got to get out of that shit, out of that mentality and saying the hood and pretending like the hood is where you want to be. No, the hood can be a great place. I ain't saying fuck the hood. I'm not saying that. Fuck hood mentality. Community mentality is what we need. Stop replacing words like ghetto when you do some shit 
with nothing. When you make something out of nothing, no, just call it innovative. Don't, don't downplay what you did. You took a situation that was fucked up and made it better. You innovated something. You didn't nigger rig it. It's not ghetto. You figured it out. Don't call it ghetto. You figured some shit out. Find ways to make the community better. Support one another. That's what we got to get to. Be more informed. Know what's going on in your neighborhood so motherfuckers with paperwork can't come down there and tell you something. You be so lost in the sauce, you just go with it. Or you ignore it because you're scared. Stop, enable, stop enabling your homies to do wrong things, to do bad shit. So I know sometimes you want to do hood rat shit with your friends and smoke with cigarettes, but that ain't always the thing to do. And we got to get out of that childish survival over, over thrive mentality. With all the money in these neighborhoods, with niggas in these fucked up cities and, and bad blocks and shit, and we go out here and we spend money on all this fashion and shit and these joints and all that shit, I'm guilty of it too. 100% guilty of it too. I'm, I got to get to this website, We Buy Black, to figure out how I can put some black some money in the black fashion designer's pocket. Because I want to buy more clothes, but I'm hesitant because I want to pay a black designer. So I got to get on WeBuyBlack.com and figure my shit out. But that's the type of mentality we got to move to. Even with our people who do, who make mistakes and they go to jail. People fuck up, I get that. Try to prevent. If you starve that industry, it will slow down. You just got to starve it. People get mad at Michael Jordan saying, oh, he invested his money in prisons and all this shit. If you don't like the fact that Michael Jordan invests his money in prison, stop buying his shoes and stop going to fucking jail. There you go. And I'm not trying to get on here and sound like some fucking Republican or some stupid shit like that. I still feel like we should take care of people when they're dying, but people got to do the things that are right. Right. Not the emotional response. What's the best thing for you and your family? So when you when you out here telling your homeboys on social media, whether it be in person or you Facebook, whatever you're doing, you're like, yeah, free my homeboy, free my nigga. No, don't, don't say that. Don't say free him. If you was next to him and you was with him when he was doing that shit and you didn't tell him to fucking stop, don't say free him. You should have told him, hey, man, rethink this. Don't do it. If you sat there and watched them do some shit or you were around and you knew you didn't tell him, hey, bro, slow down. Hey, you might not want to do that. Don't be like free him now because you didn't give a fuck about his freedom when you were with him. And say maybe he bought you some shit with the money he had. Or maybe he looked out for you with the money he had. You weren't saying, you weren't like, nah, I don't, you weren't like, nah, bro, chill. Now was free him. When this motherfucker's sitting in jail, he got a family. She got a family. Now was old, free my nigga. No, 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 no. If you benefited from anything they did, you don't have the right to say free him. Because people would do shit like, Hold their kids accountable. If you have a fewer parent or you got nieces and nephews or some shit and you told them to stop doing some shit because this may hurt you or whatever, that's usually what parents and, and family members get upset when a kid does something that can put them in danger, that can hurt them. Because in your mind, you done told them, like, I done told you, bro. I done told you, Jit. But shorty, don't do this because this will hurt you. 
I got a daughter right now who get in this shit and I get mad because she's she can pull down something that could potentially harm her. Not because I don't want her to explore and learn, because I don't want her to harm herself. And it's like, damn, I just told you this shit not to do it. Even my oldest, the same thing. I told you this over and over and over. Don't do this. This will have a negative effect. But she still do it, and I still be wanting to hold her accountable. Now, I just I want you to think about this for a minute. Everybody with kids has done this. Like, I just told you that not to do that, and they do it anyway. Now, a child, we know a child's brain is not fully developed. We know this. Yet we still try to hold them accountable when, when they do things that violate our personal laws or our rules inside our household. We want to hold them accountable for that. They get ass whoopings. They get things taken away. They, they get punished. Some of them. Some of them get a talking to. Whatever. They get some type of corrective action. Yet, your grown adult friend that you with or your, your teenage friend, your, your high school friend, whatever, they do something wrong and you be like, hey, either you right there with them, you be like, yeah, let's get it. And they go to jail or they get locked up, they get jammed. You be like, free them, free them. They know better. You was with them. You encouraged them. But you talking about free them. When your partner go to jail and he jammed up for some shit you knew he was doing but didn't tell him to stop, when you was with him, now it's free him. But you didn't say, hey, bro, stop. Stop. Don't do that shit. And it's a shame when people do it when they get older. And that's what I, going back to what I said earlier, you was with them when they was younger, and now they're always still doing the same shit. Or they was older and for some reason decided to go do some shit they know is against the law. And you could downplay it and say, well, it was just this. It wasn't that bad. No, but they knew it was wrong. And if you, if you supported them at any point or looked the other way, it didn't check them like, hey, bro, you fucking up. You moving wrong. If you didn't do that at any point, you were part of the problem. You don't get to save freedom. Nah, that's over for you. You supported the wrongdoing. You sugarcoated the action. And now you're talking about freedom. No, that right from you is gone. Washed away. If you can't look at him and be like, hey, you fucking up, that ain't your homie. At all. It's not your motherfucking homie. But now it's free him. And anybody say something different. Anybody that choose to hold them accountable, now they an asshole. Now they dead wrong. Now they, now they fuck niggas and snakes and shit. Because they like, yeah, bro fucked up. Bro was wrong for that shit. And when you was there with him or you knew they was doing it and didn't try to stop him. But now you want him free. You didn't give a fuck about him a few years ago. You didn't give a fuck about his record when he got out of jail. You didn't care about that shit. And then if you look at it, on the flip side, did he care? Or did she care? If she knew, if he or she knew it was illegal and still did it anyway, you talking about a friend? If they wouldn't harm somebody, if they didn't have to? I can't say, I don't want to say justify because I don't want to be, even though I'm personal feelings. But if they went and did something, went and sold somebody some shit, that, could, that will compromise that person. Even if it's close to being legal or if it's illegal, you know it's illegal, whatever. But if you support somebody going to sell somebody some shit, a drug or whatever, that, poten that could potentially affect that person's employment status. Like, hey, I'm going to give you this drug. I sell you this drug. 
They don't know their medical history. None of that shit. They don't know what that drug could do to that person. And they sell it to that person and something happened to them. To where they freak out or they get addicted to it. Or whatever. Or something happened to them and they get jammed up. But you want me. You mad at me for not saying freedom when you was with them. They knowingly did wrong. Then they gave somebody. They took money from somebody else. And they gave them something that could compromise their health or their ability to work and get a job. But I got I want to say free that motherfucker. I'm wrong if I don't say that. We got to get our shit together. And that's why I'm saying we failed y'all. They failed us. We failed y'all. Get our shit together. Because one thing I notice is it ain't getting no better. It's only getting fucking worse. From where I sit, looking back, it's only getting worse. These kids got more distractions, more access to all the bullshit than we ever had. What do we do to stop it? We got we to gotta talk to them. We got to talk to them. And that's why I'm glad I had big homies. My big homies talk to me like, hey, it's fucked up. Like, you see me out here fucked up. Don't do what I'm doing. My peers was like, hey, bro, don't do that. I was lucky. I heard it from my father. Heard it from my uncles. Heard it from my brother, my big homies, my peers. I got lucky. Shit, my mama, my aunties, teachers, you got potential. Don't waste it. Coworkers, I see something in you. I want you to promote. You got leadership qualities. I got to hold myself to a certain standard. But I got to hold other people to a standard too. Because I always want the motherfucker that's not where I'm at to be better than me. Like I'm not overly concerned with, with money. As long as I got enough for my family to be fed and all that shit, I'm cool. My family got money to where we can move shit around, do what you want to do, great. Do what would I like more? Who wouldn't want more money? Yes, I'm doing things to make more money now. But still, it's, it's about, is my family cool? How can I make sure my daughters grow up sharper than me? I want them to be better than me. As a man, when I meet somebody else, work with somebody else, if they're if they beneath me or they my peer, hey, I want you to be better than me. I know my role in life, in society, some people's role is to be the superstar, to be the bad motherfucker that shoots to the top of whatever they're doing. That's cool. That's great. That's for some people. Maybe my role is to help other people get there, is to see something in somebody else and help them get there. Because I don't want all that. I just want to help people. That's my success bar. Who did I help? Who did I make better? That's my goal. That's my bar. Am I in a position where I can help somebody else out? That's all I want to do. And maybe my mentality is wrong, but from what I'm seeing, I don't think so, bro. I think we out here, we fucked up by not making sure the people that didn't come after us weren't fucked up. That's what I believe. But maybe I'm going too far. Maybe I'm rambling. Maybe I'm talking too much shit, but it's really what I believe and what I feel. 
But I'm going to move away from this because I've been talking for a lot. I'm starting to get a headache. But there's a few things I wanted to um to talk about before I roll. And um, one of them is sports is hopefully quick because I've been talking a lot, like, a lot, like I said. And it's my Lakers. And I'm just looking at it. It's the LeBron effect. As much as I love what he's able to do for these kids in some aspect, this is the shit I was talking about. Now they're predicting whether or not Luke Walton's going to be fired. And the crazy thing is when they brought him in a year or two ago, they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a good coach, man. Had a good run in the finals while Steve Kerr was out coaching the Warriors, making sure they were they were still good until Steve Kerr got back so they could win that championship. Luke Walton's our guy. He's a former Laker. He's won championships as a player. He knows how to get this shit done. Luke Walton is our guy. We're happy with him. We're glad we got him here. Cool. Enter LeBron James. Everything accelerates. The Lakers being close to sniffing the playoff spot is fucking huge progress. Huge progress. But because we have one guy there now, a 34-year-old man, all-time great player, cool, everything gets accelerated. These kids are where they're supposed to be at. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to win every game. And it's not their fault. I don't blame them at all. They had momentum going. And then you start inserting other pieces into it. You should have kept that mood the same. But you try to microwave this championship to compete with other teams. That ain't the wave. It's not going to work. And I'm really surprised that the management there was really trying to, they were that arrogant to think that they'll be able to get these guys to come there once they got LeBron. If you pay attention to his track record, not to say he's not an all-time great, but when he with the teams, when he first went to Miami, D-Wade had already been in the league for a while. He'd already hit his prime. He was at the end of his prime. Chris Bosh, damn near the same thing. And he sacrificed. You can see he's not in the league anymore now because of a heart issue he didn't know he had, but he had been in Toronto for a while, multiple-time All-Star. But he was towards the end of his prime. LeBron was just really getting into his. So it was easier for him to go down there and have the people acquiesce. There's players around him acquiesce to him. LeBron knows it, sees the teams getting older. He dips. He boogies back to Cleveland. Perfect scenario. Hey, man, his team's getting older. I'm going to be a free agent. You notice he never sees he never signs really long-term deals, except this Laker deal. is like four years. After his first contract, he don't really sign long-term deals. And maybe it's so he can get the pieces in place that's going to best support him to allow the organization to get him there. Cool, that's great. But he's not staying for a rebuild. Nah, that's not what he's doing. When he goes to Cleveland, Kyrie's young. He's doing his thing, but he's not winning. Kyrie wants to win. He's the man there, and they're bringing in Kevin Love. Kevin Love is a perfect fit, though, to play next to LeBron. Yeah, I can acquiesce. I ain't got to carry the load. Trying to score 20 points, pull down 20 rebounds a game. I got an all-time great next to me. Did it hinder his game a little bit? Yeah. But he was getting older as well. Not to say he's an old man, but he was getting, he had been in the league for a couple years. Kyrie was relatively fresh. He had been injured, came back. It makes sense for LeBron to fit there 
He's the older, instant alpha man when he walks into the locker room. Like he would be just about any locker room he walked into. It fits. It's cool. We can we can make a run in this. You got a player there already. You got a good good rebounding center slash power forward in Tristan Thompson. You got the point guard there. And then you got the other guy coming. So there's a bunch of new people flooding to this team. And you got JR and Shumper coming over. So boom, that makes sense. And JR is a veteran, been in playoff battles. And Shumper had been there with the Knicks. And he I think he may have been to the playoffs one time with the Knicks. But he got there. He's been in the league for a little bit. He's not going to be the star. He's not projected to be a superstar. Neither is J.R. Smith. They time came and went. Good role-playing guys. That's what they're going to be. Same with Tristan Thompson. Kevin Love is a star. Kyrie Irving is a superstar. But he'll fit next to LeBron because he likes to score. LeBron likes to pass. Now you take and you put LeBron in L.A. when you got a group of young guys, a whole group of young guys, all poised to break out. Kuzma's a lucky surprise. Turns out he can score in this league. He does it well. Brandon Ingram, all the potential is there. He's still developing this game. Still developing. Still moving, but he needs time to cook. Same with Kuz. You got Josh Hart, who's going to do everything possible to help you win the game. He's going to rebound. He's going to play defense. He's going to pass. He's going to score when he can. And this is as a guard, trying to do everything on the floor. That That's a gem. You need guys like that. Guys like Josh Hart help people win championships. Then you get, you got Lonzo Ball, who doesn't need the score to affect the game. And for all his lack of shooting, if you're a fan and you watch basketball, if I'm lying, I'm flying. When Lonzo Ball's in the game, they play better. He may not be a big threat half court, but when they're in transition, he got the ball. Oh, baby, look out. He's a threat in transition. Because you don't know if he's going to pull up, which he rarely do. You're looking for him to pass, but when you're looking for him to pass, sometimes he'll drive. And even when he drives, he can still kick. So you got a young core, but then you insert another ball-dominant superstar who wants to win a championship in there, and it fucks up the chemistry. But he can give them guidance. I would not project him to be in the playoffs this year after watching them. Like on paper, like, yeah, they may be able to work it out. You get Rondo there, another strong mind. I like I like the rookie they got. He ain't playing. I like JaVale McGee, rim runner, somebody can catch lives and be a monster in the paint. I like that. Even Lance come Lance will come off the bench. Okay, cool. But dropping LeBron into that picture shakes shit up. And I would not really expect them to to be full full run the first season with them there. And then the trade rumors come in where they thinking they all gonna be uprooted and moved. When they looking like we thought we had a movement going with all the youth on the team. We thought we were building to, for something next three to four years out. Now they starting to lose after the All-Star break. And lo and behold, they all thought they were going to be fucking traded. And then in the locker room, it's like it's looking like, like who wants to play with this guy? We know you're all-time great. But that puts a lot of pressure on these young guys. When you say stuff in the media like that. Nah, fam. As much as I like him being there for the mentorship aspect, these are the things that the players are going to have to deal with. 
And you got to think about who's going to stay around that. If the blame starts going on them for not winning games instead of the whole team. I'm just saying, I had to speak on that real quick because it was something I saw that was fucking bothering me, man. A few other things I want to talk to you guys about. I said something about it last week, but abducted in plain sight. It is the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's like R. Kelly. It's R. Kelly-esque. If you ain't seen it by now, he'll be talking about it. Too bad, so sad. But this guy basically runs through a whole family. <laughs> Everything but the two little sisters this guy has sexual contact with, and the dad should be punched in his face. If the dad would have swung on that man from the first incident, none of that shit would have happened. Those people are disgraced, and now they're probably getting paid off of this shit. Insane. Watch it, though. See how naive people can be abducted in plain sight on Netflix. It is crazy. Something else on Netflix, man, um, which I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really with this, man. Normally, I like to watch shows featuring black people because I want to be represented in whatever I watch. It don't have to be all black people. We just got to be there sprinkling. The show I'm watching now has virtually no black people. It's like one black dude that I know of. But Peaky Blinders is a dope-ass show. If you like something that's character-driven, kind of dark, got some crime to it, Peaky Blinders is a good goddamn show. It's British, so if you're not into that, I get it. But please check out Peaky Blinders for your view and pleasure, man. It's mainly for guys, I think. That's just one thing I had to get off. And uh, back to sports. I wonder, I wonder real quick if it's going to go to straight streaming at one point, at some point, or if that's going to fuck up the revenue. Like, will the NFL become Netflix? Like how that they have the NFL, NBA networks. At one point, will it all become streamable? Because every other, everything else is creating their own platform. You got DC Universe, Disney's doing one, which may end up including Marvel. So watch all the Marvel shit on Netflix while you can. And these other networks that specialize in taking all that shit to their own platform. HBO, Showtime, Cinemax all did it. Stars probably has one. Shit, FX Channel has one. It would be mighty interesting if the NFL or NBA did it, but I think there's too much money in ads for that. I mean, you can still do it streaming-wise, but I think, I mean, um, you can still do it like Hulu does it, but I think there's probably more, much more money, in, and they got longer contracts with these broadcast networks. So I'm probably wrong on that, but it'll be interesting to see. And I think they should anyway. That way, if you want to watch a classic game, you can go to, they have like a, a database of classic games. You can go watch it on there. It's like on demand versus having to do it strictly on the network. Something to think about. That's just me. And that's it, man. I think I covered everything I want to cover. Uh, make your next day your best day, man. Stay strong out there, man. Let's stop fucking up. Snatch these kids up if you have the opportunity to. Snatch them up. Talk to them. See where their heads at. Have them thinking out five years from now. Think about it five years from now. Like, they may be like, oh, yeah, he's just a kid, man. Think about him if he's 12, right? Say, you know, somebody's 12 years old, kid, cousin, whatever. If he's 12, you think, oh, he'll grow out of it. What if he don't? What if he don't have the right influences in his life? Think about that motherfucker five years from now, 17. If he ain't had no love, if he ain't had no opportunity, and all he has is the street. If he ain't had opportunity, ain't had no guidance, no mentorship, nothing, but the street's always there. 
Guess what's going to happen? Guess what's likely to happen? He's going to be in the street shit. Sometimes it's as simple as geography. Simple as the environment. Think about your ecosystem. How it's money driven. Like, what's in your personal ecosystem? Is it full of negative shit? I'm talking too much. No playing this ride at gmail.com. No playing this ride on Twitter. No play 247, capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L A Y. No play 247 on Twitter. Holler at me. I would love to talk to some of y'all. But yeah, just think about what I said, man. Let's let's find a way to make this situation better so that our communities can do better as a whole. Y'all be easy.